Este fin de semana en la tequila, el público cuero encantado con la película animada número 60 de Disney. En otra gaga e tornata sul grande Shermo Glee Septatori sono tornati con le. And a new Resident Evil movie came out. We're going over everything that happened at a theater near you on this, the 177th episode of What's in the Box Office. Hello everyone and welcome to What's in the Box Office, your weekly look at movies and the money they make. Each week we sit down and pour over the weekend's box office returns and tell you what we think they mean for the industry at large. I'm your host Brian. And I'm your host Noah and uh, I, think you, I think you should really be proud of yourself. That semester of French you took in college really paid off and has stuck with you all these years. Yeah, yeah. So well done. So that, that was a joke, right? Because obviously not neither of those were in French. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> I apologize for anyone if I to anyone. I apologize for anyone also, but to anyone if uh, if I completely butchered, especially the second sentence of that. That seems. I, I think that seems pretty unlikely. I think I held my own on the first one, uh-huh. but the second one got away from me toward the end. Uh, so I like the part where you were like Disney. <laughs> it's because it's just Disney. No, no. And I had to do it as a question at the end. So I had to go Disney. Um, do you know what any of that meant? I I'm 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 familiar with Disney, mm. uh, and I think you said tequila well, at one point. Well, what do I? Well, T E Q U I L A. That is tequila. Yeah. What do you? What do I always say at the beginning of these? Uh, this oh this weekend at the box. I know fin de semana. Esta fin de semana en la tequila el público. The public tequila. So, but it's the that's the box office. Okay. Like ticket office. Ah, like that. interesting. Even though ticket is boleto. Uh, Cuero Encantado con la película animada número 60 de Disney, which is, There's this being the box office, were audiences enchanted by Disney's 60th animated 60th. film. Damn. And then, uh, Inotore Gaga y Tornata Su Grande Shermo. <laughs> Gli Septatori Sono Tornati con Le, which I think is, um, if I remember what I wrote, also, Gaga returned to the big screen, but did audiences come with her or something? Oh, did they? Yeah, we'll see. And then, and a new Resident Evil movie came out. Is the that, English part that one I? Oh, great! <laughs> I internalized that. Right. Should I have just let that the, the those two sentences be and not explain them? Kind of like a. I think both are good. You know, in the new West Side Story movie, forty percent of the dialogue is Spanish with no subtitles. Forty percent. It seemed high to me when I read it, but that's what I've heard. <laughs> It does seem high. Yeah, but I like that. I think that's cool. It's like, oh, that's what most of the country speaks. That's just, what do you need subtitles for? Sure. I don't know. Anyway, it's going to be a big thing on Twitter. But um, yeah, sort of like that, where I just say it, and if you know it, you know it, and if you don't, figure it out. Well, Use I think, context, please. I think, now that it's done, it's best to embrace it. Let's re-record. <laughs> este fin de semana, why, okay. If we recorded it enough. A little look behind the curtain that was not a one take. It was intro. three. It wasn't that much. I, di- I didn't say it was a ton. I'm just saying, if we're going to look behind the curtain, that took a while. It was three takes. Okay. All right. Top five? Sure. Top five. I like this one. So, Licorice Pizza came out this weekend, right? Limitedly, of course, but it did come out. Yeah. Uh, I did not rank the PTA movies uh, because 
I haven't seen enough of them uh, enough times to do that well. Mm-hmm. But whenever I think of PTA, I think of 2007. I think of There Will Be Blood and I think of No Country for Old Men uh, at the Oscars in particular. Uh, so what I've done is I've ranked the best bec- best picture runners up. Okay, well, you deem to be what should have won? No, or... this is this this is this is what I thought was interesting. The best movie that year that deservedly did not win Best Picture, to my mind. Oh, I see. Oh, that is interesting because I think there will be blood as a masterpiece. Sure, I still would not take it over well, No Country. Now for I want to play. I this is only uh, this is really I'm only. So sorry for all this typing. We're all about to hear. It'll be fine. It was really only in the modern history. Uh, okay, you know, I've, fine, fine. I think I was uh, go all the way. Well, I've I've gone. Uh, What's modern history? The two thousand. I yeah, I think I went ninety. No, I, I went late ninety. I went one in the late nineties here, but like I didn't go to the seventies, for instance. All right. Uh, just because I'm me here, uh, and while uh, while you look, I'll go through my list. Yeah, go uh, ahead. I did not. Uh, I did not keep track of the years here. Uh, number five is a serious man. Speaking of the Coen brothers, I. Uh, that lost is a, to what? That lost to the Hurt Locker. Ah. And this is not necessarily a commentary on like I think the Hurt Locker was a better movie than the a Serious Man. Mm-hmm. I actually I haven't seen the Hurt Locker since it came out. I doubt I think that. I rewatched it over quarantine. It holds up. It's I, very I, gripping. I bet it does. Yeah. I uh, I love a Serious Man. We're gonna be watching it soon for the podcast. I'm very excited about it. I mm-hmm. think it's an outstanding movie. I uh, but that year was really shaped by the avatar v hurt locker sure uh debate the biggest movie of all time versus the little tiny movie that could plus cameron and bigelow sure as uh, at, at the time they were married yeah, to each yeah, other. yeah yeah no that i'm sure was very interesting for some people at the time i didn't know anything about that i i was just i was just wrapped up in big movie v little movie mm-hmm. uh, and a serious man did not belong in the entertainment of that oscars but outstanding movie. Love it. Uh, number four. Oh, no. I went back uh, to the early 90s here, in fact. Uh, mid? I don't remember. Number four is A Few Good Men. Uh, so that was 92. Yes, that is uh, correct, because it lost to Unforgiven, mm-hmm. which is uh, A Few Good Men, one of my favorite movies uh, of all time. I've seen countless times. I can recite uh, basically the whole thing. I, but and it's a long movie. It is a long movie, but it's a fairly uncomplicated movie. And Unforgiven, I think, is a, a, a sort of a masterpiece of the Western genre of the deconstruction genre. It's got it's got a lot to say, and it says it very well. Whereas A Few Good Men, I think, I just is just a lot of fun. Sure, love it, love it to bits. Number three, Little Women, a little more recent. Uh, Lost to Parasite. Parasite. Yes. Uh, Greta Gerwig's Little Women in, what was this, 2019? Must have been. Yes. Uh, Wait. No. No. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah. Truly fantastic movie. Uh, everyone outstanding. Greta Gerwig, two for two. But Parasite, best movie of the year. Uh, <clears throat> very affecting. Had to go Parasite there. Number two is Goodwill Hunting, back into the nineties. Really? Okay, this is be interesting to hear about. See, this I think is 
famously it, don't like Titanic. I don't like Titanic. But I think Best Picture is not always about what's the best movie of the year. Uh, just like with uh, A Serious Man and The Hurt Locker, I think the uh, sort of the spectacle of the Hurt Locker v. Avatar mm-hmm. thing was what made Best Picture interesting that year. I think in 97, you just got to acknowledge Titanic. I think I think something else winning Best Picture that year would be dumb. Right. Even though Goodwill Hunting has a... Uh, not only is it excellent, but it has enormous uh, historical context uh, for a case for Best Picture. You know, launching uh, launching Damon and Affleck, finally giving Robin Williams his Oscar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, just, I, I don't think he can not award Titanic that year. And number one, the uh, reason for all of this is there will be blood. Mm. Uh, I don't, I don't really think you can make a better movie and still not deserve to win Best Picture in my eyes. Sure. I, uh, I think, I think the, uh, the top two that year, and really as as time goes on, I start to think the top three and four mm-hmm. of two thousand seven with Zodiac and Michael Clayton in there. It's just just about as good as it can possibly get. Yeah. So that is my list. Uh, I'm going to go further back and ignore okay. the, the years that you were talking about. Uh, All About Eve beat Sunset Boulevard. Okay. And so I think those are very close in my esteem. Either could have won, and if they did, the other one was the best film <laughs> for not winning. Um, also, uh, uh, I had more. I went too far back. Uh, Bridge on the River Kwai beat 12 Angry Men and Witness for the Prosecution. Ooh. Um, I think, in my opinion, deserve Virgil Cry was awesome. You have seen it or no? I have, but when I was very young. Okay. Um, I th- in my mind, that would edge out 12 Angry Men, so that's on there. Got to go with Lawrence of Arabia beating To Kill a Mockingbird. Greatest movie of all time, but To Kill a Mockingbird is easily, like, just right there. Sure. Um, in that regard. Uh, and then into the... 90s or no sorry into the 70s um uh godfather part two beating chinatown or the conversation yeah um, i had uh, I, I had overlooked that year in particular just because of the uh, the polanski of it all but i think sure i think chinatown in particular is a great choice and finally i had one more i think right i definitely i must have no Maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, so, no. Go on. Okay. Uh, so let's get into the actual top five. Yeah. Uh, as you mentioned, a number of uh, number of movies came out this weekend. Uh, Encanto, for instance, was uh, came in at number one. That was released this weekend. It made twenty seven point two million dollars. Ghostbusters Afterlife came in at number two with oh, twenty. You're you're just doing weekend. Yes. Oh. I. Uh, good question here why don't you do weekend and i'll just say the five day okay you got the five. Oh well i've got uh, i think i've got the five days because uh, i've got the total gross uh, i usually just skip over the total gross for new releases i uh, but, but yes. not this weekend right because obviously not so yes Encanto made 27.2 million dollars this weekend but has a total gross so far of 40 and a half mm-hmm. million dollars Ghostbusters Afterlife came in at number two 24.2 it was a 45 percent drop that is up to 87 and a half million House of Gucci came in at number three with fourteen point four million dollars over the weekend, twenty-two million total. 
Eternals is at number four with $7.9 million. It's a 28.5% drop. That is up to $150.7 million. And Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, a title I'm thrilled I get to type for the next several weeks, made $5.3 million this weekend. Uh, get to type had. where? In the, the top ten thing. Oh. It's just, it's... Not I, for that many weeks. No. Uh, and I, maybe in the uh, episode title this week, too. Yeah, it's just it's obnoxious when they're long with the colon. Yeah. That is 8.8 altogether. Our feature presentation in Kanto made 27 in its three-day, $40 million since opening on Wednesday. That's... Fine for pandemic era, uh, but I'm going to read some stats that make it seem like it's not fine. 15 million less than The Good Dinosaur's five-day opening Thanksgiving weekend. 2015, Pixar's first flop. Uh, it's incredibly close to what The Penguins of Madagascar made in its debut in 2014. 25 million versus 27, and 35 versus 40. And DreamWorks Rise of the Guardians in 2012. 23 and 32 over the five-day. It's really hard to open original films in today's marketplace, so there's no better example of that than a red-hot Disney opening their big Thanksgiving tune to the same numbers as DreamWorks when they were on the decline. Um, I don't think this really excited anybody. It seemed like, this is not my words, but it could seem like a Coco rip, you know, just like we just did this with Coco. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, the reviews were there. Buzz wasn't. Ghostbusters was pulling the family uh, audience, and there's only so much of that pie, Thanksgiving, available to people due to the pandemic and just what people are comfortable going out to do. So there's less audience out there. So, yeah, it got sifted. It should hold well in the next two weeks, and then it dies. It's going to be like uh, it's going to be what beaten Bernardo in West Side Story. Yeah. Was. One you Spider-Man live. look at you and pow! Yeah, you live under my roof. Yeah, um... <laughs> So for now it's fine. It'll it'll get to over a hundred. We're we're assuming and overseas might help it, but uh, it's just a solid double. Sure, it's really hard for original animated movies to to, to go and um, without uh, a big hook, a big moment like Frozen, The Rock in Moana. Um, also, Moana had was a fresh Lin Manuel. Yeah. Um, this just kind of seemed like a run of the mill. Speaking feature. of, and and like I can't speak to the advertising on. Uh, you know, Disney Plus or mm-hmm. wherever Disney advertises to children. Disney uh, Channel. Yeah, Disney Channel. Uh, but we've seen this trailer in theaters a bunch. Yeah. Uh, yes, this, is, this isn't like a Clifford situation where I'm like, I, have, I don't know anything about this movie. Right. I've seen this trailer a lot. Forgot it was a musical. Yeah. They talk, like yeah. there's the trailer, I don't think, makes any indication this is a musical. I don't even know if they have Lin-Manuel's. They must have Lin-Manuel's name on one of them. Yeah. But but there's no like there's no like big song right. uh, outside of the movie. You know, Moano had uh, had how your welcome and how far I'll go. But I I think at the time like your welcome was yes. was like really driving. Like that's the song in the movie. Plus that was a um, a film featuring a setting that we hadn't seen before in an animated yeah. movie. But like this this is the kind of thing where I, I feel like at this point if Encanto had a you're welcome or some something of that nature i'd have heard it somewhere That's i'd be familiar point. with That's it and I do, other I do people hear... would be like oh we go to encanto for yeah. the encanto song i do hear the songs are very middle of the road uh, i believe it yeah the guy can't... put any of them on spotify yeah. or whatever lin-manuel can't write bangers 18 times a year it just can't happen no 
Also opening this weekend, House of Gucci made 14 over its weekend, 22 since opening on Wednesday. It's the best opening for a drama since Little Women in 2019. So that's Ooh. exciting. Uh, the pandemic's been hard to get adult audiences out to the cinema. Um, they're more reluctant to go, and this this was a big uh, um, adult film that got them to go for the most part. I think name recognition helped, uh, Lady Gaga specifically. Um, the movie just looked buzzy and fun, and, and reviews were mostly there. There's Oscar buzz behind it. Uh, it cost too much, but I think that when it was greenlit, the cost was just basically offset by it. This will make money, and it'll do well overseas. It costs 75 Yeah. Um, and so uh, this is this is fine. It'll get to uh, if it gets over sixty, I consider it a win, especially when we got a lot of crowded December releases uh, pulling at families and adults, namely Spider Man and West Side Story. So um, we'll see how this does, but this is a, a nice boost for adult uh, filmmaking. Yeah, this is way better than the last Ridley Scott movie we saw. The last a Duel, month and a half ago. Yeah, with Give Adam Driver. Yeah, I. Uh, that, Which is now on Disney Plus, is it? Yeah, it came out two minutes ago in theaters. And now it's on Disney Plus. <laughs> Super weird place for that movie to be. Well, it's a Disney movie. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I now you got me wondering, like, what's the most adult movie on Disney Plus? I think it's The Last Duel. <laughs> what was previous? Like, what is what is it doing there? What do they put it next to? Uh, I think in the picture I saw it was next to oh, I don't know I don't remember. It's around. We'll look million for dollar arm. We'll look for it. <laughs> do? Uh, Queen of Cotway. Uh, Resident <laughs> Evil: Welcome to Raccoon City made five point two over its three day, eight point eight over its five day. That's less than the opening day of Resident Evil: Apocalypse, Extinction, and Afterlife. The Crude's a New Age grossed nearly twice this Thanksgiving weekend. Twenty twenty. Whoops, <laughs> which was in the midst, midst of a pandemic. Yes. So uh, it, 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 it's hard to launch horror movies in the holiday season. Um, it's, so It's a family-oriented time of year. People are going with their families to the movies. You know, that we had that movie a few years ago. What was it called? Zombie, yeah, I, I zombie Nazis. Oh. Uh, they fell from Nazis. a plane. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It uh, was called... Uh, oh, my God. It's not called Fallout. It was like one word, though. Yeah, it was one word, for sure, one word. And it was, like, kind of okay, except for a couple moments that were like, ooh. Yeah, but what was it called? Yeah. Uh, Who was in it? Who was in it was J JJ produced it. That's how I'll find it. Yeah. Pretty oh sure, pretty sure J. Jonah Jameson Abrams produced it. Oh my God! It's gonna kill you till I find it. It is, and you're gonna say it, and I'm gonna be like, "Of course." I looked it up too. I was like, uh, "I got it." Just, just say it. I'm not. I'm not gonna. It's Overlord. Overlord. I was. Never what a memorable title. Uh, but th that did better. That opened in the beginning of November. It's just hard to do it on um, yeah. holidays. And also the Resident Evil movies just... Video game movies are hard. I appreciate that they tried to like be like, but we're just doing the video game. But it might have been too little too late uh, for the franchise. Yeah. On the other hand, none of those other movies you, you mentioned could prompt me to say... Uh, Take me down to the raccoon city. I was just, it was in my head. Where the grass is green and the raccoons are pretty. Truly, truly 
in my head. Oh, uh, won't you please take me out? Yes. In its second weekend, Ghostbusters Afterlife made 24 over the weekend, 35 since Wednesday. That's a 44% drop from last weekend and 88 total. Sure, it's a harder drop than I would have wanted, but it's still another $24 million, which we all kind of expected this to open to, which is always a good sign. There you go. It's going to cross $100 million easy and could get to over 140 which would be a big win for the film. And um, uh, Sony, or is it Paramount? They might be the same company. They just signed, what does it say? Uh, Sony Pictures Entertainment. Sony just signed Jason Reitman and the writer Gil Keenan, maybe? Uh, to an overall deal, which is indication that there will be a uh, a sequel announcement soon. So that's making a lot of money, and it's good to see just a, a breakout hit, as it were. A movie you didn't expect to make money do, because we've gotten a lot of just, yes, Venom, yes, James Bond, yes, Dune, yes, Halloween, and now it's like, oh, great. So that's I don't I don't know what it is about the Reitman specific thing that it's just it's it's really triggering the like God that's. The state, the state of the state of the industry is in many ways very depressing, and it's it's sure. weird that Reitman is Reitman is triggering that because I, you like more of his movies than you don't. Sure, but I also don't know that I've liked a Jason Reitman movie since like two thousand ten. Mm. I I don't I don't know the exact years. What but movie like are you thinking? Young yeah. Adult. That might have been twelve. Okay, but still, because Up in the Air was on nine. It's. It's been a while. Yeah, I, I don't I don't have like a huge affinity for Maybe Jason not. Reitman is yeah. is kind of what I'm saying, and especially especially these days, like they announce another Reitman movie, and like I yeah, I don't sure. I don't really care, but still, he's he is a a guy that's just been making like regular movies right. for 15 years now, and just kind of humming along, and really settled into his niche. And then he hit, he makes a successful Ghostbusters movie, and Sony's signing him to an overall deal. And it's just like, well, Jason Reitman's the Ghostbusters guy now. It's He'll like, make other things for Sony. Yeah, I guess, but but they won't be like what he was doing before. But yeah, it's they won't be like adult dramas. Yeah, I don't I don't even want him to make Tully again, but he's not going to. No, he's not. We've lost another indie director. So King Richard also in its second weekend, three million this weekend. It's down thirty nine, eleven total. Just a big, big bomb. Yeah. I really don't understand it, but so it goes. In our spotlight, Licorice Pizza. Why don't you take a look at that per theater average? Is it still big? It is. It hasn't shrunk. It's oh, it is. Uh, it made three hundred and forty five thousand dollars this weekend in four theaters. For a per theater average of eighty six thousand two hundred four theaters, that's shocking. Usually this is five or six. There was one theater especially that was sold out like every night, and they're all seventy millimeter prints. Uh huh. Um, this is Paul Thomas Anderson's third biggest. It's PTA's third biggest PTA of his career per theater average. Ah, look at um, that. Um, what a huge boon! And just another example of why these indie movies going straight to nine hundred theaters is a bad idea. This got huge press because of this. And it will only increase the buzz going into further uh, weeks. Um, also on the chart, uh, Eternals crossed $150 million. So we can't say that that's a, a disappointment really anymore in this current marketplace. I know most Marvel movies are over 250 but 150 right now is really good. No Time to Die, I keep talking about it. I'll talk about it next weekend as well. But the one I wanted to bring up is that it is now the second biggest Bond film in the UK and their third biggest film ever. Wow. So the UK 
breaking records during a pandemic. Good for them. People are going to movies. I hope they're staying safe. But that's great. And finally, Dune. It finally happened, everyone. It crossed $100 million. We can all stop edging and just release. Uh, you did it. You all got it there. Well done. Uh, it's at $100 million. It's We already knew it's getting a sequel, and that's a nice little capper. Um, just kind of like, okay, we are doing the right thing. So that's a nice round number for it. It's coming back to IMAX this weekend, I believe, for like a one-weekend return to IMAX. So Go see Dune. If you haven't seen it, you can do that. All right. It's time to play everybody's favorite game. Did, Did it make more or less than Die Hard 2? We all know how to play. I name a movie, movie and you tell me whether it made, made more or less than Die Hard 2 at the box office. office. For a bonus, bonus point, point, you can tell me what year the movie, movie came out. out. Are you ready, ready to, to play. play, Banana? <laughs> Got it. Gotcha. Are you ready to play, though? Yeah. Do I not always repeat everything? I Not you? always, but you do always select certain words to repeat. Mm. I, am, I am ready. Wonderful. Our first film was Into the Woods in honor of our uh, dearly departed Stephen Sondheim. Uh, more. Correct. More is correct. 2014. Also correct. Crushing it so far. But will you crush it equally as hard with Dream Girls? Um, less. So far, so good. Correct. 2006. Right on the money. 2006 for Dreamgirls, so it all comes down to salt. Uh, It always does. Cholesterol, the silent killer. Mm. Um, More. More is right. Shit. 2000 and... I think it was before... I think it was before wanted so i'm gonna go 2008 it's 10 oh, it's after wanted yeah oh man you had me going there for a second i thought i was uh, gonna have to retire <laughs> when uh but it was more of a uh, more of a venus williams-esque performance oh, there thank you you were waxing me for a while yeah but... And I mean, I guess, you know, you did still win. So not not, not quite, quite Williams-esque. Well, she's won. Yeah, not but she didn't then. I mean, spoiler alert for King Richard. <laughs> yeah. She's a and, loser. And tennis history, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't know the outcome of that I, I don't know the outcome of any match. Mm-hmm. When, uh, when they name drop uh, John Roddick and they're like, and he's got a little brother, Andy, too. And I was like, yeah, he does. Did they say that? Yeah. I didn't catch it. Yeah, it was when he was, like, given a tour. Uh, and by he, I mean. Uh, John Bernthal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't catch it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, Roddick, I know that one. All right. Come and Gone from a theater to you is going to be very tough this week. Great. Because, uh, you know, I, I try to avoid the holiday weekends because guessing the numbers is tough. And you don't like traffic exactly i gotta stay put so uh we are doing a post thanksgiving uh we're doing 2012 2012 okay 30th uh an interesting movie did open this weekend which is why i selected it but i 
I don't think I'm going to get that. But I am going to guess the number one movie. It might have been number two at this point. Was it... Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 2? It was. Just barely. But it was in its third weekend. So then there must have been a kids movie. There is a there are a couple of kids movies. But is it like a big kids movie number two? No, no. Hmm. Number two is a big adults movie. A big adults movie. Yes. You might call it a big adults movie. Skyfall. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> adults just was like deltoid. Ad- well sure that's the yeah. but you got there it worked i got there it worked i uh, then there are a couple of kids movies an oscar and then all the way down at seven an oscar oscar it, movies yeah an oscar movie oh. uh lincoln was out life of pie oh yeah i guess that was an oscar movie sure, sure. one best director uh yeah all the way down mm. at seven mm. our opening uh, our opening film and I think we're going to... Uh, Seven Psychopaths. No. Mm. We're going to go back to our uh, our game from last week. I will uh, read you through the synopsis on Box Office Oh, Mojo. great. This is great. Until it I hits. forgot that I wanted to do this, but I really do like this, yeah. this game. I, and we're going to... You should keep track of how many... What it is and how many words it takes. And what word I got it on. I'm not tra- keeping track of all of those things. Why? <laughs> all right. Maybe later. If I remember, what, I'll make a spreadsheet. What it is, how many words it takes, and what the word was you got it on. <laughs> yeah, why is that hard? It's what just, the movie is. Yeah. We count the words, and then we write the word that I got it on. Okay. You think there's going to be like a commonality there? I'd, it'd be interesting to see what word I got, you know, Dracula Untold on. Okay. But anyway, go ahead. All right. So, a uh, character name. Okay. Is it the title character, or would you just give it away? I, I don't know, but I'm just, I'm not, okay. I will not be reading any character names. Okay. Because uh, maybe you, maybe you have a, an immediate recollection. Uh, Greg Fokker. Maybe you have a recollection. Is an enforcer. Hmm. Killing me softly. Yes, I mean, killing them softly. Them softly. Yes. I... Uh, I'll count the character as one. So that was four words. Did he give both first and last names? Jackie Kogan. Yeah. uh, Yeah, but yeah, we skipped over it, so that's fine. Yeah. Uh, Is an enforcer hired to restore order after three dumb guys rob a mob-protected card game. Three dumb guys. (laughs) Causing the local criminal economy to collapse. Oh, I hate when that happens. Excellent film. Any idea what it opened to? Uh, I'm going to say eight. Uh, good adjustment. It was six point eight. Yeah, uh, that's it's, it's a tough slot. It's not impossible to open a movie the weekend after Thanksgiving or the first weekend of December, but that's a tough movie to it, sell. Yeah, yeah. I don't blame them. Despite Brad Pitt. Yeah, that was uh, that's it for that weekend. All right. Well, season screenings. Here we are, episode two, and we got a double dose of holiday for you. The first one being Turkey Day, which is Turkey Day uh, last week. And uh, what do you do after Turkey Day? You have leftovers. You have some more turkey. Absolutely so, right. 
We are watching Noah's pick this year, which was Cretia, released March. You something to say? No. Released March eighteenth, twenty sixteen. Written and directed by and starring and produced and edited by Trey Edward Schultz, starring Cretia uh, Fairchild. Ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, eighty six on Metacritic. Goodness. <laughs> Very high on Metacritic. I watched this in 2016 alone in our basement apartment. Uh, never having seen a trade with Schultz movie before. And it was weird. Ranked um, uh, top middle part of my ch- uh, my uh, chart. Okay. The best movies that year. This is your first time seeing it. You're a big fan of Trey. What did you think of Cretia? I I thought it showed a lot of uh, a lot of promise, a lot of what, uh, you know, what he would become in uh, his next two movies, uh, but also very much seemed like a uh, not even like a first movie, but kind of like a like a really good like school movie. Like film school movie. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like a like a high budget, like really well made one. Yeah. But the thing where it's like, oh, all the all the actors are family members. Or and like, like we the, shot it in my house. Right. Like, or like the guy who is starting film school is like, oh, I actually, uh, my family helped me finance uh, a movie that I shot before coming here. If you guys want to take a look at it. And yeah. That, and that's basically yeah. what it is. Ex- except like, again, it's, it's better. Than it's that. quite good yeah, because yeah. those movies all suck. But it's got the same vibe. It's got the same aesthetic to it. Well, it was based on a short, so maybe he did do that in film school. Maybe. I don't know how true to life this story is, but if anything is to be believed, he is not in film school, or he didn't go. Is that, is that what the character is? Uh, well, I mean, this character seemed to want to study business. Right, and she uh, was like, so no, for... be a filmmaker. Yeah, you, you have, have such to. a gift. You have to. Ever since you were young, you've been by a camera. Like, yeah. I don't care. I understand most of you probably haven't heard or seen Cretia, so we'll go over it uh, briefly. Uh, um, uh, an estranged family member, Cretia, goes to her family's house for Thanksgiving, um, supposedly on the mend of uh, addiction issues, um, possible mental health issues, and uh, it doesn't go as planned, the family reunion. Right. Uh, Tradewood Schultz wrote and directed it. It stars his real-life aunt and actual actress, uh, Cretia Fairchild, and also his family members are in it. He's in it as himself. Shot in his family's home, and very much in the trade with Schultz style of um, meandering camera frames, shifting ratios, uh, all this kind of camera tricks that he likes to do a lot. Yes. I I thought, oh, I was just about to say, pretty fun movie. I, I don't know that fun's the word I'd use for no. it. No. Uh, pretty enjoyable movie. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was very appropriate to the holiday sure. in a certain way sure i i found uh Cretia to be quite good she's very Cretia. she's very good in Cretia. most of the family who are actual family members are also good yeah yeah there's there's a there's a couple of performances or it's like you are you are not you my are aunt Edward and Schultz. an actress <laughs> yeah or you are you are not the director of this movie you're 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 just gives not yourself very good. a big crying scene yeah i that was rough, but mostly I thought they all did a really good job. Yeah. So uh, in particular, that one weird uncle, who's uh, by the end, who's the Rain ca- Wilson. Yeah. I hated him. I hated his performance. Really? Yeah. Why? It was so. I thought. Uh, I thought. It, and I, full thought of energy. No, I thought it was, it was, which was not the movie that was being presented. He seemed to be thinking he was in 
uh, like a TV show. And this it was not the performance this movie called for, in my opinion. It really stood out as acting. Um, and he was like, I'm going to try something different. And I was like, no, that's not what this is, role is calling for. Oh, that's interesting. I thought he was really good. I thought it was very effective. Uh, the character itself I found very strange. Yeah. Uh, but just him him reading the lines, I thought he did a good job. I, but yeah, I liked it. What uh, what was your take on rewatch? I I liked it as well. I gave it well. We could save that for our leftovers, but I oh sure. I liked it as well. Um, it is missing. It's very clearly to me missing something. Yeah, I can't say what it is. It might be just another act of the movie. It ends rather abruptly. There's like a supposed climax, and then that climax is never really dealt with. Like, the climax happens, and then there's 15 minutes left. And I'm like, oh, we're not really wrapping much up. It might feel rushed. There's just some hole in the movie. Yeah, I, th- I think it I think it really is the ending to me. Like, it, it doesn't have one. Yeah. There's no scene with the mother. There's no closure for anything. And I, I understand that could just be the point of, like, this movie. But the movie is so sensationalized that... Why are we going for realness here in that mo- in, the, in this kind of moment? Why is right. that the choice being made? Um, so it has flair. It's like well shot. It's very interestingly done. Trey's good at that, but uh, the writing is just lacking for me. And the, the, I, I just don't think it's that good of a script. Yeah. How do you? Uh, what do you think of it as a Thanksgiving movie? Uh, there's a turkey. You know what I, I appreciated about it was Big the presence of the turkey. <laughs> Big turkey. Fake turkey. Uh, until it was maybe real, I don't know. But um, I, I did get, I did like the Thanksgiving, like people, um, just being around the house yeah. and having to do different things while there's cooking going on. Yeah, you've got the the cousins wrestling, always and, fighting, uh, and shouting. There's a football watching game. football. They're outside washing, rinsing something off. Yeah. And, the Cretia and the uncles outside, someone's helping something with a tech something. You know, there's various things going on, and that felt very Thanksgiving-y to me. Um, I agree. So in that regard, yeah, sure. Yeah. Plus, it's uh, it's, it's, it's often a, uh, I guess not Thanksgiving necessarily, but just family gatherings are often mm-hmm. the place for sort of big emotional uh, outbursts. And... Uh, what what bigger th- family gathering is there than Thanksgiving? I am spending Adam's family. Jesus, that took me until I stopped talking till just now to remember what we watched last week. <laughs> okay. Um, I think la- I think Adam's family values is just feels like more of a Thanksgiving movie. The mainly because Thanksgiving itself is a central plot of it. But as far as like Trader Schultz being like you know I people families fight, let's heighten that idea. Yeah. Uh. It works. It just it never really feels like a Thanksgiving movie until sort of the second half to me. Okay. There's certain things like them going to get the grandma and coming back feels very you know relatable to me and and stuff. But when they're sitting down to dinner, and I understand the dinner is different. I won't say in case we want to see it. It's not what they would expect it to be. It didn't feel like people were sitting down to a Thanksgiving. That table wasn't big enough. It really was like weirdly staged. The, I think the problem is that the table was barely big enough and the room was way too small right they're in this and there was like, nothing on the like i understand turkey yeah but there's nothing there was really nothing on that table yeah they're in this like mansion of a house yeah huge there's house. 20 of them there mm-hmm. and 
like the whole the whole house is gorgeous and plentiful it has a colossal kitchen uh rooms for everyone but then it's time for dinner and they're in like a regular dining room yeah in like a different house so in that, that regard it, it didn't feel like a thanksgiving that part like the actual thanksgiving dinner i was like this is just a family dinner that you've had yeah. too many people there's before. stairs like right there it was very strange yeah it's very strange what about you i no i i, I pretty much agree i thought the uh I, re- I really I really liked the the sort of different ping ponging uh, Thanksgiving activities yeah. going on throughout the day. Uh, the the turkey played a central part, and you know we talked about this a little while watching it. I don't think the uh, family as a whole was focused enough on the turkey. Sure, you know, without without going into direct spoilers, like we said, Kreisha's. Kreisha's there. She's been on the outs for a while. And she's like, guys, I'm back. I'm better now. I'd like to make the turkey. And they're all just kind of like, yeah, okay, fine. We'll, we'll pay you no mind. Yeah. Like, keep keep an eye on the turkey. It's important. And Kreisha is a little wobbly, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. Uh, and that that was crazy to me. I'd be watching that turkey I, like a hawk. I also think that it was way too late to be eating. Okay. It's like dark out, and I just feel like that is a for unusual. Thanksgiving. Most people eat at like five when it's still kind of late. So. Yeah. Uh, out of three leftovers, four leftovers. <laughs> Your ranking system gets smaller every time. Out of four leftovers, how many are you eating with Kreisha? I mm, four. That's interesting. That's what it's always been. I know, I know, but I I, I ranked it out of five, and it's. I'm I'm not caught by surprise with the uh, the system. It's just this one strikes me as a particularly difficult translation. Okay. I I guess I'll just I'll just go three three out of four. Three out of four. I, that's what I'm also going. Three okay. out of four. Better or worse than Adam's family values. Uh, worse. Okay. On to our stocking stuffer. No, also pick this. And because it is the third night of Hanukkah, which Noah hasn't wished me happy Hanukkah yet, uh, we watched The O.C.'s The Best Christmaka Ever, season one, episode 13, right in the middle. It's a lot of episodes before your break. And it's because the show premiered in early August. I looked it up because okay. usually it's like nine and then most of it happens after the new year. Because okay. Thanksgiving, you don't have one. Christmas, New Year's, you don't have one. So you, everyone starts in September, you only get like eight or nine in. Uh, it was a lot, though. 13. Uh, obviously, the big OC tradition they did one every year. Chrismica was their big invention, which was Christmas and Hanukkah, uh, which, for me, someone who didn't really watch the show but was aware of Chrismica and was just a um, a Jew who celebrated both holidays, I was like, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't like feel like, yay, representation. I was like, I guess that's clever. I don't know. Um aired December 3rd, 2003. It was your first episode of The O.C. It was. What did you think? How about that song by Phantom Planet? Do you know who was the drummer of Phantom Planet? I no. Until the year The O.C. came out, but he did the drums on the song, Mr. Jason Schwartzman. Really? Yeah, I'll show you a music video. It'll blow your mind. That's very odd. Yeah. I, yeah, I, much like the episode of Gilmore Girls that we watched last week, it's tough, yeah. I, the story. I no, I just I felt that it didn't it didn't take advantage of the holiday. It just, oh, interesting. It did not feel 
like a holiday episode, like That's a holiday good, yeah. special. Sure, I agree. It just felt like a what I assume is a regular episode of the OC. Again, never seen it. Uh, that just happens to be taking place at uh, Hanukkah and Christmas. I thought what you were going to say, which was my biggest issue with it, just like Gilmore Girls, was that it was just an episode of the show. It was, yeah. it was very plot heavy, and so for a show that we, you know, we uh, back on. Oh, it's a podcast. I came up with a, a series called Pod Paris, where we would pick a, a show we've never seen before and watch a random episode that was new that night and then talk about it. That was that was on my mind when I thought we should do this. Yeah, this felt like that, but in a weird kind of way where it was like, yeah, I, I mean, I get that, but there really wasn't a lot of... I also don't think it wrapped up very... I thought it was going to kind of crescendo with a big Christmaka moment. Exactly. This. Like, Like... You know, Seth uh, lighting a menorah with, like, a prayer candle. Just some kind of, like, mixture of the thing, and then everyone's happy. I don't know. Um, or, like, lighting a Christmas tree on fire and then lighting menorah that way. <laughs> like, seven more to go! <laughs> yeah. Um, but, no, it was just about the show, which makes sense. It's just it's a show. Uh, but it was weird. It, sure. wasn't, it wasn't not enjoyable. Like, I found myself, like being nostalgic for this kind of network TV that wasn't like bogged down in drama or high stakes. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it, was it was just about people. It's just kind of a regular show. I, 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 I just, I really agree. I really missed the, the utilization of, of Hanukkah somehow. Yeah. Like bring, bring in some sort of like moment of, moment of cheer or family uh you know they they had they had a little bit with like oh the stockings are all up at the end uh, or whatever yeah but, but seth just going over and over again like chrismica i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna convert you and shit i was like okay i'm yeah, sure you I, will i i really i i could have done with a little more uh, a little more hitting of what chrismica meant to him because it's you know you you said up front you are a you're a, a Jew who celebrates Christmas. Yeah. And I think a lot, like, it's, a, it's, a, it's not uncommon. No. Uh, people are married to people who aren't exa- yeah, Jewish, and exactly. so they have their traditions, yeah. And so for him just be like, I've got this novel idea, I've combined them. Like, yeah, yeah they... I don't know why they, so They many... happen around the same time. They are sort of the, like, the big gift-giving holidays of the two religions. Like, yeah. I don't know they why go, so they many go together in that way, Seth. So well many done. like lists of like the best Hanukkah episodes run by like Jewish websites. Some of them uh-huh. are like, "We love Christmas come." Like, are we that desperate for representation that we like this like obnoxious Jewish rich kid just going like, "Why not both?" And it's like, "No shit, why not both?" Us poor people have been <laughs> yeah, doing that for years. Know. You piece of shit. It's not like drawing. It's not like the sharks, sharks and the jets. Yeah. It's two holidays that, that give give gifts and happen around the same time. Yeah, People... they, they go really well together. They're not, like, diametrically opposed <laughs> at all. You're out of your mind. Also, also, he kept mentioning Moses. He did. Who, if any holidays attributed to Moses, it's... Uh, that one would be Easter. Passover. Or no, the pass- Jewish yeah, yeah, one, yeah. yeah. yeah Passover. Passover. <laughs> I got the time of year right. 
<laughs> sure. You know, I asked you to pick the Jewish uh, Hanukkah episode. You picked the Christmas one. And then I say, what holiday is Moses supposed to We went Easter. Uh-huh. You're trying to snuff us out here. This is unbelievable. I'm getting a lot of slander in this portion of the podcast. A lot of, and, a lot of jabs and barbs directed my way. And Moses, well, it's my holiday right now. And Moses is... Fair enough. ...is so... Not, I understand that he's the big one for us, but yeah. Judah Maccabee is right there. And he is responsible for, he's not responsible for, but he is the central figure of the story of Hanukkah. It's so easy to just say Judah Maccabee. No one's going to go, who? People don't care. Um, and so that was a big glaring thing. We're like, why is this being propelled as like a great Hanukkah episode where he's getting the dude wrong? You guys should really get around to picking a prophet. Oh, I think boy. is what Tell it me is. About sort, of, it. <laughs> sort of a a central messianic figure. It's become like a thing at the end of every one of the meetings <laughs> where at the first bunch of decades we would go, all right, and we have a few minutes left in the minutes. Do we want to pick one? And people would argue. And so now it's just become kind of a ritual where we go, and there's no time. We are apologies to whoever. It's very sure. Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel got it from us. Where you go, our apologies to the new prophet. We oh. didn't have time to get to oh, you. Yeah. We'll see you next week. And and so we, we do that every time. So we're not that concerned with it anymore. Okay. I just, I, <clears throat> I think this, this would be a great instance to name drop the guy. Sure. And like, he just, he went for Moses. There's two guys. Yeah. Judah Maccabee is Hanukkah. Moses is Passover. I, I, I suspect on a name recognition scale so you were to run a bunch of focus groups moses is no Mo moses blows judah out of the water. i understand my point is though is that this show is about a very proud jew he's getting it wrong it was created by a jew josh schwartz yeah written by a jew presumably and i don't know how we were just like well we have to have a jewish figure in here it, ha it has to be recognizable no it doesn't what did you, also those two girls really wanted that dude's dick? Yeah, that was. What did you think about that? <laughs> Warranted. Seem, seem, <clears throat> seemed crazy. Not only because they both really were really into him, <laughs> you know? but because yeah. they were both like on board with the plan. Sure. This wasn't like a sitcom thing where he was dating two women at once and they can't find. Yeah, out. they both knew they, they were in competition with each that, other, and that was just very strange. And like, which they're present? Both, they're both well out of his league. Which president was more thoughtful? Uh, I mean, the dressing up as Wonder Woman to seduce him, or the creating a comic book for him? More thoughtful is creating a comic book. I don't know. She just seemed like an expensive costume. Yeah, and she would then have to have sex with him. Sure, I don't. I don't know that that qualifies as thoughtful. I think it's. I guess I was thinking of effort. Okay. You know, if she's already an artist or a good drawer, sure. I don't think that would take very long. But the other one, you know, she had to get in. It must be hard to get into that outfit alone. Sure. Did she Wear, have help? Wearing something else over it all night. Yeah, hot. It's got to be hot. She had yeah. to get her hair up in an awful way just so that it would look like Wonder Woman eventually. You know, it's a lot of work. Um, and then Marissa's stealing and drinking. Yeah, that seems that Boy, seems oh boy. Rough. Boy, oh boy. I kept, uh, the next day at work, I was... We were slow, and so I was reading the uh, Wikipedia pages yeah. for the show to try to get to uh, the episode where, where they... she died. Yeah, couldn't find it. It's season three finale. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's the very uh, 
Yeah, it's right before the end of the show. Is it a show? I don't know why we haven't asked this before, but is it a show you could find yourself going back to if somebody said, you got to watch The O.C., it's fucking great. You got to watch. We watch it with me. It's like where you'd go, I've seen an episode. I guess I could get there. I guess if prompted by someone, sure. Okay. Like, I did not not enjoy watching it. Yeah. I think there's... Didn't seem incompetent. Yeah, and, and if, if someone was like, man, this show is outstanding, yeah. like, we got to watch it, like, yeah. fine. I'm, right. I'm pretty I'm pretty agreeable, but I I wouldn't see, seek it out on my own, you know. Next week, uh, we are watching a so Hanukkah movies are hard to come by. We they know are. this because we had to watch Eight Crazy Nights next last year, and we don't want to do that again. So there are movies that kind of maybe have Hanukkah in them, but not enough and none interesting. So we're going to pick an ostensibly Jewish film. We're picking a 2009 Coen Brothers film, A Serious Man. Very excited. Uh, we're very excited to watch it. And the episode we are doing, which I don't have in front of me, is from the show High Maintenance. Um, yes, that's You can right. find it. I'm sure if you just Google High Maintenance and Hanukkah, it'll come up. That was HBO, right? It's on it's HBO. It's HBO yeah. thing. Yeah, very excited. That is a terrific show. Terrific show that not enough people talk about. So that'll be next week. Recommend a movie. Um, I, you know, and, uh, I think, I think I'll just settle on the, uh, the obvious answer here. Uh, King Richard, I like, uh, we've recently seen King Richard. Yeah. Uh, quite good. Uh, Will Smith was good in it. We, at this podcast, celebrate Will Smith and all that he does. I, uh, and more on that next week. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, just good, good, uh, good, enjoyable sports movie. Yeah. Uh, pretty long. I thought. Thought it was pretty long. I, it never really dragged for me. I, I I'll second that. I do want to mention next week as well, since we are uh, hyping it up. Um, earlier this year, still during quarantine, when no movies were reporting box office numbers, we started a series of our own with our good friend Ahmad Oates over at um, Thinking Outside the Boombox, which is in the middle of its final season, where we went through all of Will Smith's career. It's called Getting Willy With It, and each week we watched four or five. Will Smith movies in order for when they were released and discussed them. Uh, Ahmad, whose podcast is about uh, hip-hop, gave us insight into what was going on in Will Smith's music career at that time. I gave um, analysis and a retrospective look into what was going on in his film career, what these movies meant to his career, um, all this kind of thing, what our memories were of it. And then we talked about them and we ended up ranking them the performances and the films, and we also gave out awards. I, w- I was also there. Noah was there giving. Uh, I, I designed the logo. He designed the logo. He did a great job. I, he was I, also I, an invaluable member of the team with our discussions. I uh, made a few remarks here and there. You also watched a bunch of movies you hadn't seen before. You yes. had fresh takes on them. You, you and Ahmad both had probably seen the least amount. I think I had only not seen like Ali, Bagger Vance. Right and spies and oh, right. I got to watch my new least favorite movie. <laughs> Legend of Bagger Vance was bad. Yeah, guys. you didn't like Legend of Bagger Vance. Um, we should we should we should do a new segment every week where we do the opposite of recommend a movie. We name the movie that you should least be least likely. Okay, to Okay, well next. then mine is You Me Madness. Me okay. Madness. I, I don't. Who know. gives a shit? Uh, it's from the wife of Steve Mnuchin, uh, uh, and it is the worst movie I've ever seen. I 
refuse to rank it on Letterboxd because it does not deserve a half a star. So, but um, getting willy with it is coming back. We decided at the end of uh, the series, which lasted seven episodes, that we would, once Will Smith released a new movie, we'd all watch it, get back together, discuss it in terms of his filmography, and then rank the performance and the movie in an ever-expanding filmography ranking and performance ranking of his career. He has a new movie out, so next week Ahmad will be joining us for that portion uh, and we will um, discuss King Richard, which we both just saw and is also my recommendation. I thought it was fantastic. An old-school crowd-pleaser with more on its mind, really digging into the characters, um, not afraid to get dirty with it, and was uh, a crowd-pleaser. I had a great time watching it, great performances, and it's going to leave theaters soon, guys. It's not doing well. It is on HBO Max, so if you really don't want to go to a theater... You can watch it there, but if you are going to see movies, if you've seen Ghostbusters, go see King Richard in a theater. It's it's a really wonderful film. And uh, that's it. Plug us up. You can come find us at whatsintheboxoffice.com. We are on Twitter at WithBoxOffice. That is also our Instagram handle. I am on Twitter at Noah Drew. I'm at Brian DeServer, D-A-S-U-R-B-E-R. Of course, the feed for our podcast can be found anywhere podcasts are found. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Stitcher. We are on Spotify. I'm sure we are a part of of your Spotify wrapped. Oh that yeah. That just came out. Yeah. It's uh, big in the news. So look forward to seeing us uh, on tag Spotify us. wrapped. Tag us in your rap stories. Yes. Share them with us even. Yeah. That's it. Next week, all those things I mentioned. No real movie is coming out next week. We're calm before the holiday storm, so there's going to be a lot of holdovers. Um, and Ahmad will be joining us as well, so that'll be a lot of fun. We're also going to be watching A Serious Man. And celebrating uh, Hanukkah as it nears its end, or at that point will be over. Um, that's next week. This has been What's in the Box Office. I've been your host, Brian. And I've been your host, Noah. And until then, as Krusty the Clown once said, have a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, a Crazy Kwanzaa, a Tip Top Tet, and a Solemn Eventful Ramadan.